Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, how's it going? Hey, Adam. Hey, friends. A great episode today. Uh, we have got Tyler Briggs, who is our Fort Worth campus pastor. And uh, we're going to get into some great content that he shared with us um, a while ago. And Adam and I looked and we said, God, this has got to get out. So Tyler, we'll get into that. Um, but uh, before that, I mean, I'd love for you to share kind of your story and your journey, how uh, how you ended up in Fort Worth as a campus pastor, because uh, I think it'd really encourage people to hear how you ended up there. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to be here and get to hang out with you guys. And so I grew up in a small town in Southeast Texas and uh, spent most of my life uh, identifying myself as a, as a Christian, but I have no idea what that meant. And in my 20s, really even uh, just contemplating, is this whole God thing real? And what became God in my life was pursuing money, pursuing success. And uh, in my mid-20s was managing a couple health clubs, having a lot of success in it. You know, it got to a point where uh, I was around 26 years old and, and the success just didn't satisfy. And so it led me to a point where I was just longing, longing for more. And a guy met me and built a relationship with me, and he ended up leading me to Christ back in 2010, discipling me for a couple of years, helped me get involved with college ministry at a local university down there. And that's really where my heart uh, for ministry and discipleship grew. And in 2012, started looking at what would it look like to pursue vocational ministry and heard about this church up in Dallas called Watermark Community Church that had this thing uh, called a residency program. And applied for it and somehow tricked them into letting me into the program. And, and that's how I ended up here. So uh, you go through the residency and uh, there, there, there's legendary uh, stories of you, Tyler. I remember that uh, at somewhere in your stand and deliver, which is at the very end, uh, there's some story of you walking in with this big giant sheet of verses and you threw it at Blake Holmes and said, you can ask me any of these and I know them. Is that is that true? Yeah, I've always, I've never been one to back down from a challenge and I felt like uh, Blake challenged me pretty hard. And so I was just showing up for that. The bigger story is uh, it's kind of grown over the years is at the end of our midterm stand and deliver and where we had to walk through the story of the Old Testament. And at the end, um, I told Blake and the others who were there, hey, if I would have had to tell you the story of the Old Testament from beginning to end, I would have said in the beginning and I would have stopped. Well, that has grown now to where Tyler Briggs came into the residency program and he had never opened a Bible before. That's right. And so <laughs> the, the, the legend <laughs> grows. True, right? That's not true. But, but why would hey, we let It makes for a great story. That's right. It's a great story. Don't confuse those two. <laughs> that's, right. uh, that's great. Okay, so you finished your residency yep. and then what? And so I entered the residency program, was extended the opportunity to come on staff at Watermark to help oversee our single men's community groups. And so I did that for a year, uh, which was fantastic, just continuing to grow and what it looks like to pastor people. Another year just to dive, continue to dive deep uh, into scriptures, continue to learn, grow as a leader, and uh, so spent the next year doing that. Yeah, and then? And then uh, I got a call from Gary Stroop, who was out in Fort Worth with the Fort Worth campus that had just got started. And he said, what do you think about coming over here and leading all of our community ministry? And so talked to my wife about it and uh, got over there very quickly. My first, uh, their recruiting pitch was they took me to Railhead, which is a restaurant out there. Patrick Blocker did, one of the guys on staff. And the reason he did is because there's a cup that kind of like they give you when you order a large cup, big plastic one on the back of it. The slogan is, life is too short to live in Dallas. And by the time I left, I agreed, and I was ready to get out to Fort Worth. <laughs> it is a cool town. God, it, it, every time I'm out there, why, why do we not live here? Yeah. Um, okay, so then, so that's that's your first role, and then, yeah. So spent, uh, I guess it had been almost three years out there, 
uh, leading community, helped get another ministry started at that campus called Equip Disciple. And then last year, uh, over the course of the summer, made a transition from the community role into the campus pastor role over at our Fort Worth campus, which has been a lot of fun. And it's been really fun to watch you, Tyler. I mean, and, you know, I've got several friends at that campus, longtime friends, and just said, how's it going? And they, it's really fun to hear their account of your leadership and what's going on over there uh, under your leadership and just how blessed they are. So it's been really fun to watch, you know, from a distance. Um, and uh, what, what a great story. So I hope that that should encourage some people that think, uh, golly, all I had was in the beginning. Is there any hope for me? Like, yeah, actually, you can lead at some pretty high levels uh, if you are uh, diligent and faithful. Um, and faithfulness is what we want to talk what about. Talk about yeah. So what we alluded to earlier at our staff retreat this year, different staff members will share at different times about just things that the Lord is teaching them. And and you had some great things that you shared out of Acts uh, in our time together. And so that's what we asked you to come here and talk yep. about today. And faithfully playing your role. But you started that off talking about a really great story about your high school basketball coach. So why don't you start off our time as we get into the content here. Tell us that story about that, that you know, what that coach said right before that season. For yeah, you we had a legendary uh, basketball program in high school. It was legendarily bad. We hadn't been to the playoffs in about 35 years. and had a, What was your mascot? That's always such a The Cardinals. The Cardinals, okay. Yeah. In, in Bridge City. Bridge City, Texas. Bridge City Cardinals. Because there's lots of Cardinals down there. I guess so. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how they Keep come going. up with that. But, uh, you know, a newer coach coming in, and before the season, he's just trying to help set expectations and set a vision for what it means to to be a team. And he just started talking about, hey, like if, if all of you go out there and you try to be the guy that holds the ball the entire game and shoots all the shots, we're not going to be a good team. A good team is made up of people who uh, know their role and who are committed uh, to being faithful to do their part that's going to help make the team successful. And so he really set up our season by talking to us about what it meant to accept the role that you were going to play on that particular team or that that particular week, and and then be faithful to do it as best as you possibly can. And out of that, um, you know, success could come. But even if we didn't have a great record at the end of the year, the goal was to work together and be a team, which means every person being faithful to do their part. Awesome. Awesome. So that is what we're going to talk about today as being faithful. And Tyler, we, Adam and I really appreciated the way you talked about this. A lot of times we kind of picture what faithfulness would look like. And you you just kind of let us into some of your own uh, kind of thoughts and into your own heart around kind of barriers to being faithful. So what's the first one of those? The first one was uh, coveting. And we live in a culture in America where the church, uh, there's, a really lo- there's a lot of celebrity around it. And so guys who are young, me, passionate, you know, just getting into ministry, excited about what could happen, you look around and you see what's celebrated, and, and it's the guy that has the microphone, the guy that has the platform, and you can begin to set your sights on, hey, that's what, that's what success is. And me coming out of a business background um, and in kind of a corporate America setting, feeling like, hey, there's a, there's a ladder to climb, and until I'm at the top, I'm not successful. And so what happens, and what happened from, for me that I had to, to fight against um, was longing for a role that was different from the role that I currently had. And so as a, as a resident, it was looking around. You know, I was in the residency program with eight other people, but we didn't all get the same opportunity. Some of us or some of them had opportunities to teach I never had an opportunity to teach during the residency program, which was a good call. I didn't need one. <laughs> but even still, 
you know, you look over there and like I, I begin to covet and, and long for that type of opportunity, and in doing so, missed out on the opportunities that I was given to lead and disciple. You know, a couple dozen groups of, of young men who were just moving into church and just moving into community, and so feeling like longing for a different role was a barrier for me being faithful where I was. Do you think in the in the moment though you would have been able to call it that? So when you're going through the residency and you're seeing other guys that are getting different opportunities, would have you had the uh, the maturity or the insight at the time to go, I really want what they want, or was this something that? that came over time, you got a little bit away from that and kind of looking back? You know, I think it's always easier to to look back and reflect and see that, but I do think there's indicators along the way um, that are that are a telltale sign that, hey, something's off, be it coveting or one of these other things, and, and I think it comes from a lack of joy and knowing, hey, my heart is not at peace. And, uh, and so anytime that that comes up, it should be, like for me, um, an indicator to just stop, pull back, and and reflect on, hey, okay, what what is stealing my joy here? And, and I think guys can introspectively look in those moments, and also that's where just community is a huge benefit from having people in your life who know you and who can say, hey, you don't seem to be doing well right now. What is going on? And having people to help you process that. I don't think you have to get through it without knowing you're going through it. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, all of us probably, no matter where we are, we actually have an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Um, if we'll be faithful to it, you know, in a marriage, you just say, "Hey, if the grass is greener on the other side, just water your grass." Right. You know. Right. And uh, and you'll like the marriage you have. You'll like the role you have if you're just faithful. But one of the barriers is uh, is coveting someone else's. And a verse, a verse that I just God just brings to mind a lot in my life. Um, you know, is that Second uh, Timothy four or five? You know, fulfill your ministry. And, and, you know, honestly, sometimes I want someone else's ministry. I want someone else's gifts, you know, and uh, if Paul was here today, he, he might say, hey, Timothy, stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really, really <laughs> might be a, a, a good translation uh, of that. And it's just, I have to remind myself of that over and over. And when I do, I end up enjoying what I'm doing. And uh, to your point, boy, when I don't and I focus, I, I'm discontent, I hate it, I, I don't lack, uh, I, I lack energy, I lack vision, and those are really, really good words. So. so what would you say to somebody, Tyler, It's driving around right now listening to this going, that's me, right now, you know, that was my morning. I thought of three other guys on, on my team or three other guys at my church that are, uh, have more going on right now. What would you say to them, to that person right now that feels like, hey, I, I'm coveting right now? Yeah, so I'd say admit it. At first, and then confess. So, tell uh, tell the people you work with. Go go tell your boss. Um, go tell the guys that you're in community with, and begin to talk about it. And then also just pray that God would um, help you see the amazing opportunity that is right in front of you that you have been given the responsibility for. And then so repent from the coveting, and then dive all in to what God has for you today, and be faithful. With yeah, that's it. And that's and that's you know paid staff. And lay volunteers, right? Yeah. You're in a ministry, and and you'll think all I get to do is lead a small group. I'd love to lead the whole thing. Well, you've got an incredible opportunity, um, you know, to love some people that God is absolutely crazy about. Yeah. Uh, if you'll take it and seize it, uh, as opposed to kind of wanting something else. All right, Tyler, that was the first one coveting. The second one that you have uh, down here, barrier to faithfulness, is what you call the wrong scorecard. Why don't you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, so I think any of us can get in the dish of keeping the wrong scorecard. And what I mean by this is when we begin to measure success based on outcomes instead of on faith. And I think there's a few different ways that that this can play out. And there's there's times, but just because of what God chooses to do, we can be surrounded by a ton of fruit. And we can look around at that 
and uh, we can begin uh, to be content. We can start to coast, and we can think, hey, man, because there's a lot of fruit, that must must mean I'm being faithful. But we could be cutting time. We could be cutting on effort. We could be pulling back on our pursuit and shepherding of leaders. But because God's choosing to do something in spite of us, we can begin to think that, hey, we're doing what we're supposed to do. And that's not a good measure either. And so we don't, we, just because a lot of good stuff is happening doesn't necessarily mean that we're being faithful. And then the flip side could be true as well, where um, there's not much fruit going on. And because we're saying, hey, there's, we don't see a lot of um, outwardly success coming off from this ministry, that must mean I'm not being faithful. Where, you know, you can be doing uh, the absolute best job you can. You're investing in leaders, you're serving and loving people, but, you know, just the, it hasn't turned out outwardly success yet. And so you can begin to get discouraged um, and get in a tough spot. And I would say, you know, fruit inspection and can be a really bad measure um, of success. So those are a couple of things. That's good. So I I think we've all heard some iteration of that before. Um, So I mean, you know, our listeners probably could go, hey, they could could pare it back, that outline. So, but what do you do tangibly? Like, what do you remind yourself uh, of in those seasons, either of lots of fruit or uh, not much fruit? How do you, how do you kind of get back um, to, to the place of just, this is, you know, this is what faithfulness would look like? I think it's just evaluating, um, Am I, am I making the most of my time? Like, how am I spending my time? Am I um, putting in very little effort uh, or am I working hard? And so uh, sometimes it will be where I'm looking around. It's one of those weeks, you know, where um, you feel like you're doing everything you can. You're you're scheduling meetings for pastoral care. You're uh, preparing really, really well for all your teaching, but it just doesn't seem like there's a, there's a lot of response from it. And so that's most often when I'll get in this ditch. And uh, I'll get discouraged because just I'm not seeing the fruit, and I've got to pull back and say, okay, was I faithful um, to prepare for and to execute the opportunities that God gave me today? And if so, I've got to trust Him. Like, I've just got to choo- uh, choose and to decide that God is sovereign in this, and He's going to work when He chooses to work, and He's going to produce outcomes whenever He chooses to do so. And so I've got to trust Him, which means tomorrow I've got to wake up, I've got to spend time with Him, and then I've got to look at what opportunities he's put before me today and go and be faithful. It's almost like you come home and your wife says, hey, how was your day? And you go, it was an amazing day. And she goes, really? Tell me about that. And you go, I was faithful. Yeah. I was, I was faithful today. And any good things happen? No, not really. But man, I was faithful. It was an awesome day. I hope I have a day like that uh, tomorrow. So. Yeah. And so, you know, to keep with the sports theme, so to speak, is it's like watching the game tape. And so it's going back and, and reflecting over the day and going through the opportunities that were before me. And uh, was I faithful to step into those opportunities and do the best that I could and then trust God and go to bed? You know, I think one of the things that is difficult about leading in the church is it is there is such a temptation to want to measure, mm-hmm. to know if we're being successful, to want to uh, measure how many people were there, how many conversations did you have, how many emails did you get, you know, it. it there's that drive sometimes to try to measure all this. And it's hard. You, you really cannot measure faithfulness yeah. like you can measure sales like right. you were in the business world. Right. And so how do you how do you try to reconcile those, especially after coming from the business world? That there were a lot of metrics that let you know how you were doing to now we're leading the church and, and we want to be faithful. That's the new scorecard. How have you reconciled those two? Yeah, there's times when I'll get home and I'll uh, I'll say something to my wife, Lindsay, like, man, I, today was a day that I wish I could just uh, be a guy that mows grass. Because I know at the end of the day, when that lawn is done, like I've completed my job. Like that is very measurable. But when it comes to people, 
there it never ends. And so it's like, how do I know, um, you know, if I'm doing a good job or not? And, and again, I just think it goes back to, um, are you faithful with the relationships that you've been given? And so, you know, one, one metric could be, you know, we talk about, we never want to let a task um, or a project come bef- before a person. And so was there, an, there was there ever a time during the day-to-day when I had an opportunity to pull away from whatever project that I was working on to love a person? And there's times where I don't, where I breeze past the person because I need to get back to the project. And and as I look at that, hey, I was not faithful in that moment to uh, to keep the main thing with the main thing, which is to love people. And so I think as it relates to ministry, uh, th- that's one of the biggest measures of success th- for me personally is, am I being faithful to love the people that God puts in front of me? And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of events to plan. There's a lot of things to get done. But if that comes at the expense of loving people, then I wasn't faithful with what my highest calling is. That's great. So number one barrier that we talked about was coveting. Second one here was this wrong scorecard. Uh, third one, and you alluded to it a little bit, but let's talk about it a little bit more, is contentment and coasting. To you, that sometimes is a barrier to being faithful. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, I think it's being satisfied with where things are. And so say, um, you know, like with a, with a ministry that we have over in Fort Worth called Equip Disciple, which is just teaching people the spiritual disciplines. Uh, I got to be a part of the team that helped get that ministry up and running at our campus. And after the first couple of semesters that we had that going, it was humming. Like we had great table leaders, we had great people teaching, things were going really, really well. And so I think there's a tendency in those moments to feel like, okay, the, my work is done, and you just take your hand off the wheel and you let that thing drive itself. And uh, instead of uh, continuing to evaluate the ministry and look around, hey, what are the opportunities that are here to take this, you know, from a, from a 90 to a 95? And so not getting satisfied and say, hey, because it's a 90, that's good enough, but continuing to drive for excellence. And uh, I think that's a very easy place to get into because we want to drift towards complacency. And so making sure that we're not doing that. Yeah, and probably a temptation for those who are really gifted. I mean, I, I think there is those, if you have a natural gifting, you've got a charisma, uh, life has been kind of easy <laughs> for you. People yeah. are, you've got that gift of woo or whatever it is. I think that's a huge temptation for people yeah. to, and gets in the way of faithfulness because they can kind of fake it yeah. <laughs> a little better than some of us that maybe aren't so gifted. Yeah. One of the, one of the phrases we have on our team is like, uh, our problem is the elders aren't mad about this. Right. So they, they kind of, nobody's mad about anything that, right. that's going on, which is actually a, a really, uh, hard place to be. Right. Um, because then you've got to go find, uh, you know, uh, motivation that doesn't come from someone's disappointment, uh, but rather just faithfulness. And uh, and you can, it, it's cliche, but you can become a victim of success. Yeah. And uh, and great leaders go, I'm, just because no, one, no one's mad doesn't mean there's not more for me here. And that's just a great point. All right. So we talked about barrier to faithfulness. First one, coveting. Second one is a wrong scorecard. Third one was this idea of contentment and coasting, being satisfied or relying on your gifts. Tyler, why don't you talk through this last one? Yeah, so the last one would be uh, believing that uh, past preparation automatically equals present faithfulness. And uh, I think there's a, a danger that think, hey, just so just because I've done this before uh, and was faithful with it, I'm automatically going to do that again. So an example would be, you know, I was serving in the community ministry for four years, and we would teach new community groups the same topics over and over and over again. So the authenticity and accountability training would be coming up. The first time that I taught that, um, I, I spent a couple of hours preparing for that teaching. And then 
as we get further down the road, the content becomes very familiar to me. And um, I, there could be a tendency, I would have the tendency to want to just move into it um, without preparing really at all because it's so familiar. And now I think over time, you know, every time that I move into that, I don't need two hours to prepare, but I do need to refresh to make sure um, that it's going to be excellent. And I'm not just getting up there winging my way through it, relying solely on what how I'd prepared in the past to be faithful with that present opportunity. That's really good. Yeah, it's a funny story. Just today, uh, one of our friends said he'd given the same talk four times in one week, four times, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, was just lamenting about how hard it was actually to, you know, kind of stay there on the balls of his feet. This was the first time these people had heard it and they deserved his best, just like the very first time he did it when he was nervous and, uh, you know, dependent uh, on the spirit. And so I think that's really good. I think I think there's also just an economy um, to that does come that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just dismiss that you can work really hard. Mm-hmm. And when you do, it becomes easier yeah. and uh, down the road. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think Todd Wagner would say, hey, in my 20s, boy, I read like crazy. I memorized like crazy. I studied my Bible. And now you ask him some little obscure, you know, about some obscure little passage, you know, in, in a book that you haven't looked at in 18 months. And he's like, absolutely, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because he was there this week. It was there, be- it was there, he was so fluent because he was there, you know, 20 years ago. So uh, I think it's both, yeah. um, but I think just kind of that um, that lack of dependency uh, is kind of what you're kind of speaking to, and, uh, and, I, and I think you're right. It just shows how that faithfulness can pay off at, at different times, even in the future. I mean, there were probably those nights in his 20s where he could have gone out with his friends, he could have gone to do something else, he could have turned on the television and said, tonight I'm going to be faithful and read. You know, tonight I'm going to study this tonight, you know, and that... That faithfulness is continuing uh, to to bear fruit uh, in his life years and years after that. Yeah, you know, faithfulness certainly pays dividends for the future, but we never want to let it become an excuse for us to phone in an opportunity. And so it it may not look like the same type of preparation, but we want to make sure that when we step into that opportunity to teach or to pastor, whatever it may be, that we're ready to do with excellence. That's good. That's that's a good word. Okay, so Tyler, most of this is kind of like you, this is your own self-leadership, uh, and you also lead others. So what can you do um, to help uh, those that you lead um, You know, understand this and uh, live this stuff out? Yeah, that's great. One, I think, is just to be honest about how you've struggled with this yourself. So the best thing you can do as a leader is acknowledge your weaknesses, and that's going to give the people underneath you permission to acknowledge their own struggle. So you can have a conversation about it and really um, help each other and really help develop people. The other one is, is just tying back to what we tend to value and what it could seem is valued in the church in America. We just look at conferences and um, everything else that goes on is we value the guy who, who does really well teaching and uh, they get lots of praise and they get lots of attention. And so it can seem to, uh, to a young guy or somebody on a staff that, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be valued in that way until I reach that spot. And what I have felt here and what's been a huge blessing for me is whether I was um, a resident back in 2012 or whether I'm the campus pastor now, I have felt equally valued all along the way. And so what I would say to the leader that's out there is make sure that you are celebrating um, every person on your staff in every role equally so that they know that, hey... All of us play different roles in this, but all of them are equally valuable. And you're going to remove um, a lot of uh, temptation 
off of those uh, other people in your organization to feel like they have to be in a certain spot to be valued in a certain way. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's such an easy to do. It's such an easy to do. And I think we talked about this even during the, the culture episode, just those opportunities to celebrate really heat up values and are a great way to cast vision. And so that's something that any leader listening right now can do. They can just go back, sit down and just go, who on the team have I seen be really, really faithful Write down a few things about them. The next time everybody's together, just go, hey, I want to celebrate someone. And it's the more random or obscure, the, the better, really, in a way. You know, the, the more it's behind the scenes and just celebrating that faithfulness, it's just going to remind everybody, hey, this scorecard we play by is very different. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I love it. I've seen Todd do this so many times, whether it's after the church leaders conference or uh, some other big event that we have is when we're circling up. Uh, as a staff, uh, one of the first people that he celebrates uh, is our, you know, our AVL team or our IT team, who are the bi- behind the scenes, who are really doing a lot of the work, a lot more work at times than the guy who's out, out there speaking, and uh, and just celebrating. Hey, this does not happen without you and the excellence that you provide to this honored God. And he just puts so much wind in their cells. And if you want to know a picture of that, if you're if you're you know riding in your car, what does that look like? Like this is what I love is when like the IT team or the AVL team or the parking team, any of those guys get celebrated. That's when like the whole staff stands up yes. and cheers. Yes. You know, I mean, amazing. they're like yelling and hoping like, a, you know, a big touchdown. And then and it's so funny to me in that same meeting sometimes and they'll go, hey, oh, by the way, you know, that was a great sermon. And everyone kind of goes, yeah, it was. You know, <laughs> yeah. was like, you know, people Way to crying. go, JP. Yeah, was, That's yeah, right. Yeah, Crushed that was, it again, that was nice. right? <laughs> uh, but I yeah, love it. Um, so and fun. I could, you know, I think you didn't, this is what you said, I'll say it another way, is you want to celebrate faithfulness, not scale. That's great. And That's uh, wherever great. you see faithfulness, you celebrate it. Um, you know, with incredible vigor, regardless, regardless of the scale. And uh, that's a really, really good word, Tyler. That's awesome. Well, Tyler, this is a great list. I think this is worth writing down and just to use in your own personal reflection. So what are some barriers to you being faithful? Are you coveting? Uh, Are you using a wrong scorecard? Are you coasting and just content? Or do you believe that everything you did in the past is going to help you to be uh, presently or faithful today? That's a great list. And we're so glad that you wrote all that down. So you got to tell us how that basketball season went. How did you guys do? You had this rousing speech. What happened? Yeah. We became legendarily good for one season. <laughs> we made the playoffs. <laughs> That's awesome. so we lost in the first round, so we didn't go very deep. But what I do remember um, from you know the locker room, the post game speech that that coach gave was when we got in the room. He didn't say anything else about us making the playoffs um, and how that you know was such a big thing for our city. What he did is he is he celebrated. Um, the guys that played on the scout team every single week, but maybe got one or two minutes in the game, if that. And he celebrated the guys whose role it was to be a lockdown defender, but play very little role in actually putting points on the board. And he started there and went on, and he just celebrated what he started with, which showed us that he, that's really what he valued, was every person being faithful to their role. And because of that, that led um, to, you know, to success for the team. And it was just a, a memorable moment for me in leadership. That's good. That's fantastic. John, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, Tyler, really, uh, it was helpful for me personally. Um, and I think it will be for everyone else. So I, I think, uh, Adam, your admonition, like put this into action right now as a leader. Who do you know? Who do you know that needs to go be encouraged? And you can look them you know, in the eye and effectively say, hey, well, well done. Well done. You have been faithful. Um, I celebrate you just like someone else who, you know, uh, did something very, very visible. And, you know, hey, 
and and I don't and I always say I don't even know the half of it, but God does. And uh, boy, he must be really, really pleased. I think to look someone in the eye, uh, and then just for your own, you know, uh, heart. I was thinking about these, um, Tyler, as you were sharing, like almost like a little uh, alarm bells, you know, or uh, uh, warning lights on a, you know, on my dashboard. And next time I covet to go, oh no, 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 no. The goal is faithfulness here. Um, and so think about all these as little warning lights that, that light up. So next time you find yourself coveting, next time you find yourself kind of coasting, uh, you know, next time you find yourself wanting more and more and more uh, scale, let that be a light that triggers. Nope, we need to uh, address that. So really, really helpful. Thanks so much, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler, thank you so much for being here. This was like, We need to get more Fort Worth people out here. We do. I agree with I mean, that. And great. y'all need to get more Fort Worth in your life, period. Come on out west. Well, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all again next time.